What's up, Videolanders? I'm your host, Brad Hawkins. Welcome to another AV Quickie. Also, just a reminder, if you like this episode, you can find more episodes at adventuresinvideoland.com or on our Facebook at Adventures in Videoland. We are critics with attitude, which means this episode might contain explicit content. Anything goes when you're in Videoland. Sometimes you might get some inappropriate language, some locker room talk. So if you're easily offended, this might not be the podcast for you. And spoiler alert. Since this movie is in limited release, I'm going to keep this episode spoiler-free. It's going to be released on Netflix in just a few days, and then we can get into all the spoilers you want. All right, guys, The Irishman. It's only playing in two Indiana theaters. That's where I live. I mean, what the fuck is that all about? I think uh, it might be playing in more theaters in larger cities, but I had to travel about an hour to go see this movie. And if, like me, you live in the Midwest or in the middle of butt-fucking-nowhere... Don't worry, it'll be released on Netflix on November 27th, so just a few days from now, so you can watch it during the uh, the holiday break. Um, but I'm a cinephile, guys. It was worth going for a Sunday drive out of town to Indianapolis. You know, there's no way I could watch the new Scorsese movie on Netflix on my 60-inch TV. I mean, this is the first Scorsese movie to star Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci since Casino. I think that was like 1995. It just seems like blasphemy to watch it in the living room with people talking, the kids on their phones, dog fucking barking. You know, fuck that. I think The Irishman deserves to be seen on the big screen because it's because it's fucking Martin Scorsese. I mean, it's shot on 35mm. It's the, it's the new Martin Scorsese movie. So take the drive. So yeah, I'm glad I took the drive. I took the journey to the theater. But, but let's talk about the big fucking butt in the room. But... It's way too fucking long. You're going to notice that's my big complaint, all right? At three hours and 30 minutes, this is Scorsese's longest movie to date. And not only that, but this is the longest mainstream movie released in over 20 years. It's longer than Avengers Endgame, Lord of the Rings. It's longer than any of the Godfather movies. I mean, it's fucking long. It shouldn't take three and a half hours to answer the question, who killed Jimmy Hoffa? I mean, by the time it was over, if I could be honest, I didn't give a shit. You know, sure, it's more than a whodunit movie. There's some subplots and themes that are interesting, but, it, guys, it could easily have been trimmed by 30 minutes. You know, maybe as I'm getting older, my attention span and my bladder is getting older and smaller. You know, I, I don't know, guys. I remember reading at one point that this was going to be a two-parter. I could be wrong, but I don't think anybody would, would have cared about a two-part gangster movie. Honestly, I think it would have been better approached as a Netflix miniseries. You know, my first reaction or thought as I was leaving the theater was maybe Scorsese should have released The Irishman like the extended version of Tarantino's The Hateful Eight on Netflix. You know, break it up into a miniseries of four or five 50-minute episodes. You know, we could spend more time with Frank, which is De Niro's character in World War II, showing us the horrors of war, you know, what made him so numb. You know, I think we get one flashback scene of him in World War II shooting some guys, digging a grave. I would have loved to see a World War II segment directed by Scorsese. I mean, what does that look like? I think The Irishman would have made an amazing Netflix series. Um, or at least a miniseries. Five-part miniseries. You know, give us the miniseries now, and then stream it as a feature-length film in 2020. You know, like, double dip, man. We get the miniseries now, 2020. Give us a, a tighter edit. Make it a feature-length film. I said something very similar with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You know, if these filmmakers want to tell longer stories, I'm cool with that. But maybe go with a miniseries. You know, miniseries, it doesn't have that negative viewpoint like they did when TV was a lesser thing than Hollywood movies. You know, back in the day, it was like, oh man, who gives a shit? Stephen King's Langoliers, a Fortnite miniseries, what an event, jerk off. A Martin Scorsese miniseries on, on Netflix? 
would absolutely kill. It would do gangbusters. It, it would change miniseries. TV is different now. It's a new world when, when streaming is in the equation. Now you get series like Stranger Things and The Mandalorian. I mean, The Mandalorian right now is doing better than Star Wars movies, right? You know, I could be wrong, but I think a lot of people will be watching The Irishman during Thanksgiving break. I think that's the marketing plan. You'll get the family together, you know, after they eat, you know, watch the new big $100 million Netflix movie. But at three and a half hours, man, your average viewers, you know, these aren't cinephiles. Your average viewers, they're taking the, the week off work. They're chilling with their families. They're going to be in fucking food comas. And they're going to fall asleep with their hands in their pants. All right, that's what I plan on doing. And I don't, I don't know if they're going to turn it back on. You know, that's the bad part about having Netflix. You know, it's easy to shut it off and not go back to it because we live in such a, such a fast-paced world. If you watch The Irishman in the theater, you paid money for it, you're kind of locked into the theater, you know, unless you want to lose 12 bucks. I mean, how many movies have you watched on Netflix that you're just like, I'm not feeling it, and then you shut it off and you never go back to it? You know, I think a lot of mainstream viewers are going to do that with The Irishman. And not just because of the runtime, guys, it's kind of a slog of a movie. You know, there are chunks that are on straight autopilot. You know, I felt like some of it was just going through the Wikipedia motions. It's definitely a slow burn Scorsese movie. It doesn't have the, the kick, the energy, the piss and vinegar of uh, The Departed or Wolf of Wall Street or even uh, Gangs of New York. It doesn't have those rage out moments like, the, you know, those moments that we love from Goodfellas or Casino. You know, this is a slower gangster movie, more in line with the Godfather series, but not as good as the Godfather part one and two, but better than Godfather three, because that movie sucks. Um, but yeah, I wish I was warned that the Irishman wasn't as intense as his other gangster movies, because honestly, that's, that's what I was expecting. However, the Irishman does have a lot going for it. I don't want to just sit here and just shit on Scorsese's, you know, new, uh, gangster epic. You know, it's good. I really did enjoy it. Uh, the more I think about it, there's things that I really liked, and I, I think it, this movie's definitely going to grow on me. But I don't think it's one of his greats, and I don't think it ever will be. You know, that's my opinion. And it looks like I'm in the minority, and, and that's okay. Films are subjective, guys. You know, some of you will line up with me for sure, and some of you won't. You know, as of right now, I have all my tabs pulled up. Um, this movie's in limited release, and it's it's receiving critical acclaim across the board. I mean, I'm looking at IMDb here. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritic scores. I mean, they're all calling it one of Scorsese's best. Uh, again, I, I disagree with that to a certain extent. But, guys, I'm glad it exists. I mean, this is a Scorsese gangster movie with Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, and Al Pacino. Like, that's fucking awesome. We're lucky it even got made. It went through development hell for years because nobody wanted to pay the bill. No movie studio has ever spent 160 million to make a gangster movie. But 160 million is pocket change to the almighty Netflix. <laughs> and I will say, it was, it was kind of weird because this was the first Netflix movie that I've watched in the theater. I mean, there's been a few, but I've just missed them or wasn't interested in seeing them. But uh, this movie starts up and you see that Netflix logo. You know, I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot more of that, especially if Irishman kills like it's supposed to. Netflix will probably become the new... Paramount or Fox logo It'll probably become the new Lucasfilm for you know this generation. But let me tell you what I liked about this movie. You know the cast is fucking great. It definitely has the best acting ensemble of 2019. I don't think anything will even come close to it. It was just so cool to see the gang back together again. Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci, and then throw in Al Pacino, who catch this 
has never worked in Scorsese land, which is ridiculous when you think about it. I mean, that's pretty much the dream cast for a Scorsese movie, right? You know, I heard Ray Liotta wanted to be in this movie. That would have been so awesome to get him back with the gang. Um, it would have been great to see him. Um, also, it would have been really cool to see Leonardo DiCaprio in here somewhere. But I get it, man. There is no room for a Leota or DiCaprio because this is you're hanging with the three legends. Um, but to have the legends of old with the new school Scorsese would have been fucking amazing. Can you imagine De Niro and Pesci and you know throwing in uh, Pacino? And then you get DiCaprio. Um, holy shit. Yeah, I think any studio you get DiCaprio thrown in there would have probably paid that 100, 150 million, 100 million bill to make this movie. But you know, I can't say enough about De Niro, Pesci, and Pacino. I mean, there's just something about the way these guys walk and talk. I mean, they are Hollywood legends. They're Hollywood badasses. I mean, De Niro is in full De Niro mode. Uh, he's as good here as he's ever been, but it's a it's a different kind of Scorsese role for him. And I just I want to make that clear. You know, get your expectations in check. It's more subdued, more quiet, but he kills it. I mean, he, terrific performance. And this is the best I've seen from Al Pacino in years, maybe decades, without thinking about it. I mean, he is just chewing the scenery. He's Al Pacino. I mean, he's this guy has so much energy. It's a very energetic performance. Uh, nobody in this cast is phoning it in. I mean, and that's what I was worried about because, you know, these guys are old. They haven't done anything for a while you know, to this extent. You know, nothing. they haven't worked with Scorsese for a while. They've been doing like smaller movies. But seriously, I could see Pacino getting nominated for Best Supporting. He's that good in this. I think, honestly, he'll probably be the front runner from this movie at the Oscars. And Joe Pesci, man, I am so glad he came out of retirement. Supposedly, he turned down the movie like 20 times before Scorsese finally snagged him. Um, but it wouldn't be the same movie without Joe Pesci. And again, it's a different kind of Scorsese character, okay? Again, check those expectations. He's not intense. He's not the the uh, the intense characters from Goodfellas, or, or he's not the intense character from Casino. You know, where he just flies off the handle and fucking kills people like we love seeing Joe Pesci do. But he's still threatening and magnetic in different ways. He's much like He's much like De Niro's character, very subdued and quiet. But wow, just seeing him and De Niro share the screen again, and they do get a lot of screen time together. That was amazing. Also, De Niro and Pacino have so much chemistry together, and they share the screen as well. I mean, this isn't like Heat, where they're in the same movie, but they're never you know, in the same frame. I mean, you get a strong dose of De Niro and Pacino. And guys, I don't think the stars will align like this ever again. This will probably be Scorsese's last gangster movie. I mean, Vegas odds, if I had to throw money down, this is Scorsese's last gangster movie. This is the last time you will see this cast. Again, Vegas odds, throwing money down. You will never see Joe Pesci and De Niro and Al Pacino in a movie like this again. So yeah, it's worth the price of admission just for the experience. And real quick, the rest of the supporting cast is great too, but they don't get a lot of screen time because again, this is the Joe Pesci, the Robert De Niro, and the Al Pacino show, which I'm cool with. But you do get some great actors like Harvey Keitel in a very small role. I wish his character was a little bit more developed. You know, off the top of my head, I don't think Harvey Keitel has ever been in a Martin Scorsese movie. So it would have been really cool to see him shine a little bit more. You also get Anna Paquin and Bobby Cannavale. They have minor roles. Um, Anna Paquin doesn't have shit to do. I've seen a lot of criticism about that online, which is unfortunate because this movie is, again, three and a half hours long. And Bobby Cannavale was good. He's just not as memorable as he was in Wolf of Wall Street or some other movies that he's been in. I think it would honestly have been really cool to replace him with Ray Liotta or flesh out his character a little bit more and then bring in DiCaprio. That's just my opinion, but 
It was cool to see him in the movie. Like, he's a character actor that I really dig seeing. And Jesse Plemons is in this movie. He's always great. He's a, you know, up-and-comer. A lot of people know him from Breaking Bad. Uh, he's just one of those uh, those actors that brings your movie up a notch. Uh, but he has nothing to do here as well. He plays Hoffa's son. Uh, he doesn't get much to do. And you also have Ray Romano in this movie, which he fit in perfectly. Uh, he's just another bit of that casting that just works for me in a Scorsese movie. But like I said, the non-Pesci, De Niro, Pacino characters, they have jack shit to do. Uh, they're all very, very, very small supporting roles. And I'm okay with that, though, okay? Because I want to spend time with the three legends. Now, there's been a lot of talk about the de-aging effects. Don't worry, it looks fucking amazing. I mean, de-aging technology is getting... So good, it's almost mastered. Um, I would say it's done the best here because of how long it's done for. There are moments where the characters look off a little bit, but I think it's because I was expecting them to look off. You know, I wish there was a way for me to go into this movie without knowing about the actors or the de-aging technology. I seriously wonder if I'd be able to tell. And after a while, I stopped looking for the effects, and I just gave into the performances because those performances are so good. So yeah, this movie really pushes the technology to its limits, and... Guys, the rest of the production is high quality too. As always, man, the sets, the costumes, the visuals, everything felt era appropriate. So don't get me wrong, the film is really good. I can't wait for you guys to watch it uh, this week and, and give me some feedback. Let me know what you think. But I just don't think it's as good as The Departed, Gangs of New York, Wolf of Wall Street. Those are some of my favorites. You know, and just an unpopular probably opinion here is I think Departed is better than Goodfellas. All right, I'm curious to see what you guys think on that too. Uh, but again, my big complaint is sometimes it just drones on and it goes into autopilot. That's the big complaint. Uh, when it was over, I was ready for the movie to be over. You know, just don't go into this movie expecting poppy dialogue, you know, like The Departed, because Departed has such a fresh and fun pace to it. Or the energy of Goodfellas or Casino, where you have people like, you know, characters like Joe Pesci, actors like Joe Pesci just freaking out and going insane. You know, this is not a mile a minute, energetic, Scorsese movie. Look, I can't wait to fall asleep for this during Thanksgiving with my hands in my pants watching Netflix. 30 minutes into the movie and I'll probably be out like a light into a turkey coma, eating leftovers and drinking whiskey on Friday and Saturday. I might get the movie watched again with three days off of work, <laughs> but I will watch it again just for the performances and to see what flaws I can find in the de-aging because I'm really obsessed with that. It, it looks amazing, guys. Uh, but man, I haven't told you about so many things. Luckily, you don't have to wait very much longer. Um, like I said, The Irishman will be available streaming on Netflix on November 27th. I'm going to make a quick prediction here. I think at the end of the year, it'll probably make my top 10 list. Somewhere around 7, 8, 9, 10 spot. Uh, right now, gun to my dick, gangster style, man. I give it three and a half stars. I might be able to get to four stars at some point, but just not today. In the words of Frank... It is what it is. Anyway, guys, those are my quick thoughts. I hope you enjoyed this quickie as much as I did. Let me know if you agree or disagree in the comment section of this episode. What's your opinion? Is The Irishman Scorsese's best? Is it an instant classic? Did you get bored? Was it too long? What would you edit out? If this was a series, what would you add? Is it an Oscar contender, best picture, best supporting? What's your thoughts? Let me know. Anyway, guys, thanks for going on this adventure with me. You can find me on adventuresinvideoland.com. I'm on Instagram, but the conversation always begins and ends on Facebook. If you're looking for a long-form podcast with some guys just shooting the shit about movies, then look for our weekly episodes on the website. You've been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, my good people, it is what it is.